Hey there, boys and girls. It's Ralph Garman, and you're listening to Talking Codswallop. Good choice. Hello, everybody. This is Ming Chen from AMC's Comic Book Man. You might know me from the Tell Him Steve Day podcast and the I Sell Comics podcast. Listen, I love podcasting. I love talking, but what I really love doing is talking Codswallop. Hey, I'm Alicia Witt. I'm Daniel Portman from Game of Thrones. I play Podrick Payne. I'm Ellipses, and you're listening to the talking... Okay. <laughs> I'm Mark Bernard, and you're listening to the Talking Codswallop Podcast. Hey, man, it's Kevin Smith, Silent Bob, whose voice you were never used to hearing in the 90s until I started opening it up, man. And that's because I'm a podcaster, and you're listening to a podcast, Talking Codswallop, right here, man. Welcome to this week's Talking Codswallop. I'm Gemma. I'm James. I'm Andy. And with us today, we've got an extremely special guest, and we are honoured to have him on the show. And I've managed to speak to him twice on a podcast, but two separate podcasts, so truly thankful that he's come back to this one. His name is Brian Johnson, and he needs no further introduction. How are you, Brian? I'm doing all right. As you can tell uh, through the generations, I've shaken my English accent. That's how you'll know it's me. I'm the one without the British accent. (laughs) Yeah, we'll have to get James to say James before he speaks so you know who's talking. (laughs) Well, like I said, obviously, in the intro, thank you ever so much for coming on to the show. It really is appreciated. And last time I spoke to you, we were recording for the previous podcast that I was on, which was called Hullabaloo, if you remember. I do. We did the we did the interview at a Comic-Con, if I remember correctly, right? Wasn't it uh, Scotland? Yeah, it was the Edinburgh Comic-Con, yeah, which is the first time I've ever been in a green room, so that was quite fun. And it wasn't green. It wasn't green. I was very disappointed, yeah. <laughs> actually. Are they normally green or...? Almost never. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Why are they called green rooms, then? <laughs> no clue. You know what? I'll look it up while we're talking. Go ahead. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Maybe that's where all the money is. <laughs> uh, hey, it's a good theory. It might be called the green room because basically all the money and the talent is in there. <laughs> Held to ransom. <laughs> oh, then that'd be jealousy then because they're all green with jealousy that other people are more successful and getting paid more. There you go. I think these are all valid points. No need to look it up, Brian. <laughs> hey, I'm just, I'm living up to what everyone expects of me. Well, there are a whole bunch of theories as to the green room. There's no definitive uh, source. However... Like everything else, one of the oldest stories is that London's Blackfriars Theatre in 1599 included a room behind the scenes which happened to be painted green, and that's where actors waited to go on stage. They called it the green room. Ah, okay. That, that kind of makes sense, doesn't it? So it's mm-hmm. obviously like a traditional thing rather than a actual green room. <laughs> it appears that way, yeah. So how are you coping with all this coronavirus malarkey then, Brian? Uh... Doing the same thing I normally do, to be honest. I don't work a nine to five, so I was home a lot anyway. The biggest challenge is uh, Sage being home, the kid. Yeah. She's, uh, you know, because everybody is homeschooling now. And it's not even a challenge in as much as like I have to homeschool her because Mary Beth, my, my girlfriend, does all that. It's just having a kid around constantly. You know, that's, uh, yeah. even if, even if it's a great kid, I mean, look, I don't like anybody around constantly, <laughs> but a kid, you know, a, a kid is someone who like, you know, nonstop attention, let's watch a movie, let's do this, let's do that. And it's very difficult to get work done or anything. So I let her stay up late so she'll sleep in in the morning, like today, say for example, you know, <laughs> <laughs> when did it become unacceptable just to stake children into the middle of the floor? buy a chain and just shut the door and just get on with the day. I'm sure that was a big thing back in the 80s and 90s. I mean, maybe the maybe the, the 1780s and 90s. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was right. Children should be seen but not heard. That was it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, um, I've lost my train of thought. Sorry. Please continue. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I was laughing and then my brain just went... Bloop. But no, how is Sage coping with being indoors or is she not really noticing any difference? I don't think she notices any difference. It's It hasn't been nice out. Like she doesn't like the cold. I don't like the cold. So if it's cold out mm. and shitty out, we normally just stay inside and 
do whatever anyway. And for whatever reason about here around here lately, you know, middle of May, it's still been like in at night, it's like in the thirties in the daytime, it's been in the forties. So I don't want to bore everybody with New Jersey weather, but it's, it just has been crappy. So she's okay with it. She, and even if I'm like, do you want to go outside? She still is content to sit home and like watch videos or watch movies or look at her books or play with it. And now she's really into haunted dolls. So every two oh, minutes wow. I'm buying a new haunted doll for, her, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and with regards to the weather, Brian, you're talking to three British people. So if you feel free to talk about the weather, uh, weather, it is a British podcast. So that's all we moan about. So <laughs> yeah, well, when I when I went to Scotland, I was stunned. They were like, I don't know what the what it would transfer to, but it was like forty degrees Celsius. Does that seem realistic? It was cold, and I re- there were like teenage girls walking around in just t shirts, and I'm like, it has to be like four. No, it wouldn't be forty Celsius. Probably forty Fahrenheit. Yeah, I'm just looking at Fahrenheit to. Um... That's like single digit Celsius. Yeah. So yeah, still cold. Yeah, up north there, they are just crazy. Though it can be snowing ice and they're out in their mini skirts and crop tops yeah i don't do it i'm talking no coats or anything i don't get it like girls yeah. there's there's a thing about teenage girls i don't know what they have to prove but they can they want to prove they can take care of themselves and the first sign that they can't is that in the middle of winter they're not wearing a coat around yeah you know yeah <laughs> but i think also that's like a, a traditional thing for more like northern england they tend to sort of breathe it and not wear jackets or coats or whatever which is ridiculous because it's actually always colder up there and 40 degrees is about four celsius so that is that is very cold yeah yeah i think it's the fact that basically you lot are all pussies because you think it's cold because up north <laughs> we made a tougher stuff and we can handle that sort oh of i know that's a fact <laughs> <laughs> i think the other thing is that you're all getting older because when you get older instead of looking at people thinking uh the dress nicely you just keep thinking oh god it's they're gonna be so cold don't be answering that james as if you're a young person <laughs> Yeah, how old is everyone? I'm still a young person. How dare yeah. you? How old is everyone? I'm 52, so how old is everyone else? I'm 40. Okay. James? I went for Jem to say something, so I can see if mm-hmm. I'm in fact the youngest, but I'm 37. And I'm 37 as well, so 37 in a row, baby. Nice. <laughs> that is, uh, yeah, that's not old enough to start getting cold yet. Wait until you're my age, and then you, uh, all you focus on is your extremities. <laughs> <laughs> and your inability to piss in one go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> it all starts going downhill real quick. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, well, that's certainly something to look forward to there. <laughs> now the the Northern England thing with the weather, I don't want to harp too much on the weather, but is it a is it a uh, a pride thing like like literally like fuck those pussies down in the south like we're more hardy, like we can take it? Yeah, I think it pretty much is. Um I know one of the problems I have is that when I go down south, same when I'm in London, I just keep thinking it's too hot. <laughs> <laughs> mm. Gotcha. I don't even think that the UK spans more than one latitude, so it's not like a massive difference. Hmm. I'd say that there is a massive difference between South England and Scotland, though. I think the Scotland's on the same latitude as uh, Newfoundland, whereas as you go sort of down towards the Midlands and South England, it's more on the same latitude as, uh, say, probably North North Jersey, North uh, is it Pennsylvania on top of New York State? Uh, yeah, to the to the west and on top. Yeah, so it's that kind of latitude. So we're on the same kind of latitude. Gotcha. Hmm. Sorry, getting all techy there. <laughs> See, Brian, I told you we're a British podcast. We enjoy talking about the weather. <laughs> yeah, I could, I could probably do ninety minutes on the weather now. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's try. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. about that pole of autumn <laughs> well actually it's been quite annoying still continuing on with the weather during lockdown it's pretty much been sunny the whole time and i'm like hmm, i haven't got a garden that i can go out into it's so annoying <laughs> yeah because that, that was when i was young anyway that was for kids that was it you were like you got up the parents were like go outside Go outside. Like, yep. I, I can imagine telling Sage, like, go outside, come back, like, in eight hours? That's, yeah. That seems like a long time, yeah. man. <laughs> yeah. When those streetlights come on, you come home. Yeah. 
Yeah. Or yeah, it used to be like if you if you went far away, you know, the parent would whistle or whatever or bang a drum or something and you'd have to all go running home. <laughs> yeah, for us we had a five o'clock whistle that went off, so like that's how you knew it was time to come home for dinner. Unless it was the summer, then the Catholic Church had bells at six o'clock, and then that's when you knew it was time to come home for dinner. Ah. Mm-hmm. Whole system. And there's also a better community as well, so you could just let your children roam free knowing that the community would be looking out for them anyway, which we don't have anymore. For us, if you see it, like if I see a kid riding a bike by himself and he appears any less than like 15, I'm like, wow, that's weird. It's weird to see a single kid because they don't go out and play anymore. I don't see them riding bikes and shit. I'm sure they do somewhere, but not around here. Yeah, more electric game, you know, like playing on um, Game Boys and well, not Game Boys, but like whatever the equivalent is, somebody somebody who plays games in circles whatever i'm trying to say in nintendo there. switch yeah or instagramming and they bust out that in television right Gemma, and they just get going <laughs> that's basically it yeah <laughs> now do you guys have all sorts of lockdown measures like in new jersey like if you want to it's like a stay-at-home order if you don't have to go out then stay at home which no one seems to obey uh but if you go into a store like a any kind of store that's still open you have to wear a mask like have to by some special order by the governor like do you governor do you guys have that it's very wishy-washy yeah i think what they're wanting you to do is go out to the shops and wear a mask sort of where you can but obviously just be very careful uh but i think it's sort of more of a strict thing in sort of built-up areas uh whether it's sort of shops city centers things like that but in wales i mean because it's we're four kingdoms um here so wales scotland and ireland are still got their more restrictive measures in place whereas in england it's a case of go out but we'd rather you didn't and if you do go out could you please wear a mask but we won't enforce it so it's very wishy-washy british people by and large i understand are very polite so is this something that many people are adhering to because in america not that polite Many times, you know. (laughs) I always thought that with regards to the mask, it was a personal choice. I have been watching the news a lot more recently. I don't, it didn't before because it just depressed me. But um, I always thought that it was sort of wearing a mask was something that if you felt like you wanted to wear one, rather than it being a mandatory action that we have to do. Yeah, that's why they're saying recommended now. So, but. By and large, people are respecting what the government are saying. But as as in any country, you've got a load, load of dickheads who think that they yeah. know better. So I call them the canaries in the coal mine because the, there's a silver lining. Either they prove all is well or they die and they thin out the gene pool, free up housing stock, reduce the pension deficits. It's all good for everyone if they just fuck off and die. So, yeah, I let them go off because I'm staying locked down until it's all safe. Yeah, pretty much. When you say locked down, like, you don't go out unless absolutely necessary? I go out for a run, I go out for for shopping, and that is it. Yeah, so it's pretty much, um, you know, going out to exercise. It's now up that she can go out more than once a day. Um, but just obviously being careful and being involved in social distancing. The thing that really gets me is when they're saying wear the mask, well, the big thing is where do you go to get a mask from? You know, they're not readily available in the shops. You know, it's something you can easily find. So, yeah, weird situation. Right. Mm. And there's been a lot of confusion because people think wearing a mask protects them. And it's only recently that they've said, no, 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 sorry, it's to protect other people in case you have it. Well, yeah, it's it's naturally going to be that. Well, I've known that from sort of day one in a way because it's like doctors and nurses on an operation only wear the masks in case they've got something and they don't want to transfer it onto the patient do they yeah yeah so it's quite well i suppose i haven't been wearing it because i don't think i've got it and uh you know touch wood i haven't but i suppose nobody knows do they so yeah i've i've now started to do my runs in a mask in a proper um cycling running mask just because you know the pollution is shit anyway but i thought it just makes sense because when you when you're doing heavy exercise because they're saying the two meter rule is just the general six foot rule that's the general when you're just walking along that's how far your breath and all the little droplets can go right but if you're under heavy exercise like cycling and running that can actually increase to over like 10 15 foot so that's what you know so i thought well just to protect others i will 
go out in a running mask. So I scared the shit out of a lot of people. <laughs> <laughs> and Andy, how do you have a cigarette? Do you put like a hole in it? <laughs> well, I haven't quite mastered the running and, and smoking bit yet. <laughs> well, okay. <laughs> have you noticed a big change in the air quality? Like I live a couple blocks from the Atlantic Ocean, so there's always wind coming through and like smog and shit will collect in New York rather than here. So like with you guys but living in a city have you found that uh the air quality cleans up like does it uh just smell better it's, yeah it's, it's where i live it's um the improvements is about 33 percent in air quality yeah well like to be different because i live out in the countryside yeah me too uh, okay but to be fair the air quality is better you know the the plants are looking better and you actually see more animals that are out in the areas as well so you are starting to see a real noticeable difference and the guys at the office because i work under heathrow airport's uh, flight path for the both runways they they come either side of the building and people are saying that the air quality the aviation fuel is no longer so so strong in the air just because of the lack of flights there's still a lot of diesel particulars because transport is still you know they still need lorries and vans moving around but overall they've said around the office air quality has definitely improved. So wait, what do you do at the airport? Um, I work for a logistics company and one of our major hubs is outside the airport. Mm -hmm. So um, we have a lot of, um, well, every every 90 seconds a plane is coming over our building, uh, coming into land. And then we have all of the transport vehicles coming in to and from the area to drop off and pick up gotcha. yeah that is something that i mentioned the other day that it is weird when you look up in the sky and you don't see that white line from a plane it is like something you always do you look up into the sky and you go oh somebody's going on their holiday you know but there's literally nothing at the moment it just seems really surreal to me that one thing that i've been used to seeing for the whole of my life i'm not seeing right now so but the peace and quiet um that's nice it's great not not hearing that traffic noise rumbling it's great right (laughs) yeah and every thursday evening at eight o'clock as well we all do a clap for the nhs which is our national health service um but also like the care workers and things like that so basic frontline workers and you know everyone well not everybody but most people they go to like their front door or whatever and they just clap and it well the first couple of times it happened it was quite electric in the air you know you felt very patriotic and things it was really nice it's kind of becoming a bit of a chore now for me so <laughs> with- <laughs> are you getting fireworks it's being set off now because we are and it's really starting to piss my cats off <laughs> oh yeah i bet it is what are they celebrating just uh the the, the workers in general yeah it's uh basically for the nhs uh, the people working in hospitals and care homes and it's just to try and give them the extra boost especially as they're not being protected with ppe right because we've had massive ppe supply issues so it was legitimately the government advice was I'll get some trash bag liners and use those. Now, over there, do they include anyone who's still working or an essential worker, a hero? Because I've, I've found that that term is being very liberally applied over uh, over here, <laughs> like to the point where yeah. like a fast food worker, it's like, I'm sorry, like you're, you're doing your job. It's under circumstances that are a little dicey. But that's that, that, so now I'm supposed to put you on the same level as a guy who drags a child out of a burning building. Like, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> <laughs> I think the, the only inclusions you could really do, and I say this selfishly, are the transport workers because they're the ones who are keeping the supply chains running. But apart from that and the and emergency services, I don't think. No, I don't think you should be classed as a no. hero. But also, yeah, also care workers as well for the elderly and stuff like mm. that as well. That should be. But yeah, I'm mm. in agreement. Like shop workers. I mean, my brother and my mum, oh, for God's sake, my sister-in-law is a shop worker. Brilliant. But she's got like a massive screen up, you know, so she's she's protected and everything. But it isn't like getting in there and, you know, dealing with the person, not putting your life first if you know what i mean you know not thinking about yourself before you actually act on something are they doing anything like that in america just like clapping or anything like that i I, I mean not around me i live in the jersey suburbs so you hardly ever see anyone now Mm. but in new york i know it was a big thing to go out on the uh, terrace or um 
balcony or whatever and bang pots and pans at a certain time. I've seen like three separate articles in the New York Post that Sarah Silverman is doing it, you know, the comedian. And I'm like, who gives a fuck? (laughs) Like, who cares if she's like, I don't understand. And I'm not even like hating on Sarah Silverman. I'm just like, I don't understand why we need to be told three times that she's doing it. It's like, we get it. We got it. She's doing yeah. it. Cool. Great. Yeah, I think one of the things we've had, and I'll discuss this with Gemma, is that people who were sort of celebrities, very well off, they try to tell us all how we should feel about this and supporting people, and they try to take this moral stance. Um, but the thing, the problem is it's now starting to get people's backs up because you've got people saying, you know, it's so awful, I'm locked away, I can't handle it, and I'm living in this sort of multi-million pound house and things are so difficult yeah. for me. <laughs> and it is just, I don't think it's going down as well as they wanted it to. Yeah, living in their mansion, yeah. Yeah. Oh, I've only got five rooms to, to sit in. It's such a hard year. I have. um, I haven't seen. Oh, sorry. No, no. Go ahead, Gemma. I was going to say I haven't seen the East Wing for at least five days. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I'll say this much: I I have friends who are, um, you know, they've got a couple bucks in their pocket, and their houses are pretty big. And I've not heard one of them go online and complain about it. And that's so like they feel the same way we feel. It's like, I mean, your house could be the size of a mall and you're still like, wow, I can't go out to eat. I can't do this and I can't go to a concert. I can't go see a comedy show. So it sucks the same for Mm. everyone. The only part of the housing thing is that you're like, yeah, you do. You have more rooms to spread out in and you don't have to maybe see the person you're with 24 seven. Um, the difference being, again, that like going online and bitching about it is like, go fuck yourself, man. Yeah, definitely. No. <laughs> I've Because I've, I've got three people to report into me at work. And there's, as soon as we went into lockdown, I said, go home. Don't come back to site unless the auto source system comes da- uh, goes down. Two of them live in one bedroom apartments. So their kitchen, their bedroom, their bathroom is all one room. And, you know, they were absolutely chomping at the bit to go back to, to work. And I, I felt really bad because I was like, no, you've, you've got to stay put. But now we've started to relax. They were like rabbits out of the trap and <laughs> straight back into yeah. work because they just couldn't cope. And I, I can totally empathize, you know, when you're just in one room 24 by 7. Oh, I don't know. I'm I'm pretty much adapted to working from home life because, like I said, it's just one bed flat here. So by one bed, I mean it's like a, um, it's uh, is it not? Um, I'm trying to think what the word is. Sorry, you know when you've got one room and then you've got like a bit of stairs where the bedroom is. It's like a studio type apartment. Yeah, so it's a, it's a studio with a tiny little bit upstairs where, where yeah. the bedroom is, basically. Oh, like a loft? No. Like is it's the like bed a- like you have to walk up a ladder to get to the bed? Because that sounds cool. Yes, you do. Yeah. Oh, all right. Nice. <laughs> I'll, I'll take I'll take a face and I'll show you. Uh, you know, I'll um, email it to you or whatever. <laughs> but yeah, it's like a quite rickety. Well, it's not rickety stairs, but they're really weird shaped stairs. So you really have to concentrate when you're walking up them. So when you're drunk, it's a lot of fun. <laughs> <laughs> but no, with regards to working from home, I've really adapted to it because i like my own company so it's not been too big of a deal for me really well this is the age of the introvert yeah and this is what i find really annoying is because you see on the adverts and stuff there you know the the pg tips the tea bag company are saying are asking people to share their cuppers online on video and i'm like fuck off no leave me alone I just, <laughs> this is this is my time for, for years since day since day one all you extroverts have had time to have fun <laughs> this is our time let us have our time dude I, I couldn't agree with you more i am also an introvert uh, by nature and i don't get these people who are like down in miami they open the parks and they're like but you got to socially distance they handed out nine thousand verbal warnings over a weekend because people won't wear the masks and they won't get next to each other i, I mean they keep getting next each other and i'm like who in their right mind corona or not wants to go to a park with that many people and like try to sit in the sun or bike or jog it's like why do you want that many people why do you want anyone around you let alone that yeah. many people <laughs> yeah and can you not just take a break from social interaction just you don't need to video chat with the squad every friday <laughs> yeah and not even people you know like th- these are people that have to go out and, and mix in crowds with people they don't even know 
Like I, yeah. I, I, it's beyond my ability to understand it. I knew introverts were superior. I knew it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But it's one of my questions from um, uh, well later, you know, because I said to you that we've got a couple of questions that we were going to ask you, but it seems like an appropriate time to ask my first one. So, how how are you enjoying not seeing Pam and Edgar? <laughs> <laughs> how am I enjoying not seeing my parents? Um, <laughs> Again, it's like it's weird because I don't. They don't live that far away. They only live like five miles away, but I don't mm-hmm. see them that much anyway. Like they do their own thing, I do my own thing. Um, I did go over the other day to borrow Edgar's lawnmower though, because my lawn guy never showed up. I think he's mad at me, my lawn guy. So <laughs> no good reason. I'm gonna bite. Why is your lawn guy mad at you? <laughs> I think because like he mowed the lawn, and this was like a month ago. And then the next week he wanted to mow it again. And I was like, dude, it hasn't grown even like an inch. It, it's, it doesn't need it. And I was like, maybe next week. And then he never came back and he never contacted me again. Did you give him too good of a tip? Is that why he came back the following week? Um, no, I didn't give him any tip at all. So in fact, oh. <laughs> what, what happened was I put the uh, I put the money in the mailbox in an envelope. And when Mary Beth went to get the mail, she accidentally took it out. So when he came to get it, it wasn't there, even though I told him it would be. So maybe now he's doubly pissed. But, you know, <laughs> happens. what am I supposed to do? <laughs> Well, the one silver lining for COVID for my mum is that rather than it being a quarterly communication from me to see that she's still alive, she's been getting uh, daily. Um, but I have to tell her that she's using up the next decade's worth of quota for communication. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we all love our parents. <laughs> yeah, I don't understand what you said before. It's like the mask is to protect other people, not us. It's like, and I see all these old people out there, like running around, like uh, with you know, with the masks on and shit, but. I'm like, well, if you're this old, like you should be at home regardless. Like I told my parents, like, oh, we went to the grocery store and we just picked it up. I'm like, there are like 10 places that deliver groceries around here. I would even bring them by. Yeah. That's saying a lot, you know? <laughs> but yeah, I guess they're just like, fuck it. We just want to get out there. Yeah. I think that's it, isn't it? Most people are getting a bit stir crazy. They're not pros like us. Nah. <laughs> no, this have been preparing a lifetime for this moment, you know? Yeah. That's what I've been saying to people. I said, this has been 40 years in the making for me. I'm in my element. Yeah. <laughs> Training for this all my life. Which means that guys like Ming, Jummy, you know, Ming, um, yeah. it, it has to be killing them. It, it's got to yeah. be killing them. Oh, poor Debbie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, poor Ming, he must be climbing the walls. How is he dealing with it? Yeah, I asked him. I, I said, was it nice to just get away from it? Like, you know, take a step back and be like, wow, I was like so caught up in it. That like I was just on autopilot and he's like, nope, I can't wait to get back to it. (laughs) Yeah. I suppose when you're constantly busy all the time or you always make sure you're busy all the time, let's say, it has to be hard to stop and just sit quietly, hasn't it? Uh, Yeah, I imagine so. I imagine so. Q was sort of the same way, you know, Q, who his schedule was packed constantly when suddenly it's like, here's all this time. It's difficult to be like, okay, well, what do I do with it now? Because a lot of times in those situations, it's like you're not motivating yourself. Someone else is like, hey, come to a con or hey, come to set. It's like you have something to do. You're not charged with creating something to do yourself. That's the difficult part, doing that and then motivating yourself to actually do it. Because you're like, I've got so much time. And the longer this shit goes on, the longer you're like, I don't know, I got tomorrow. What's the difference between today and tomorrow? In fact, what day is it today? You know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, because people are changing things. Like, isn't Q now making uh, hand sanitizer? Oh, yes. this this guy's got his fingers in every pie over here, man. I'm not sure if the beer company's logo was on there or not, but yeah, it's quite a clever way of sort of promoting his beer, isn't it? Yeah, uh, the logo is on there. I asked him the same. I oh, said, surely you put the logo on. He said, yeah. Yeah. So that when business is back up and running, they can, you know, all of the the troops and whatnot, they can come in and uh, buy the beer. It's, it makes sense. The beer and the hand sanitizer. He should keep it up with the hand sanitizer. I wasn't aware that, like, because, you know, when you think hand sanitizer over here, I don't know about over there, but here you think Purell. And it just occurs yeah. to you that it's made by a private company. I mean, by a publicly traded company, you know, Procter & Gamble, whatever. But it's a... a a family that I think lives in Pennsylvania or Ohio and that's it. Like they're the Purell company and it's privately held. And I'm like, shit, like they must've made a, a mint before now. 
It's like, there's got to be room in the hand sanitizer game because normally it's either Purell or the store brand. That's it. There aren't any other, like, there aren't like, like cereal where there's 50 choices, you know, of just a certain type of cornflakes. So with this shit, I'm like, we should get into the hand sanitizer game, which I'm sure like a billion other people are also thinking. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it was sort of amazing. I went to shops and they've been cleared of everything. They've been cleared of sort of toilet paper. They've been cleared of soap. They've been cleared of hand sanitizer. And it was sort of like a it, it was bonkers thing to see. You know what was nice, though? You know what was nice? They were buying it. They weren't smashing windows and stealing it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I was quite worried that they might start smashing up shops and stealing things. And I've been glad to see that hasn't happened. Well, it hasn't happened yet. Yeah. The thing that's making me really laugh, though, is that the people that over brought like toilet paper and things like that that you know a few of them have tried to go back to the shops to return it and obviously they've been turned away and told you know you know flip the birdie sort of thing and go away <laughs> but unless i'm very much mistaken we don't really have a culture of over hygiene here in 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 the uk it's like we're, we're hygienic but we're, we're not sanitizing absolutely everything all of the time but it it seems this COVID-19 just flipped that on its head and you know we are becoming a little bit more Americanized where you know if it's a surface you don't know is being cleaned you clean it yeah yeah you know who I saw doing that prior to all this shit um Sal and Q like if they flew they had these wipes where they would like wipe down the tray in front of them wipe this shit down that shit because you do like when you travel a lot like that you you, like I got sick in Chicago once holy crap it was like two months I was like and that's why we started doing the ant salute because I'm like I, I had this this handshaking this ridiculous social convention of handshaking can we please stop transferring germs it's like dude maybe you maybe you didn't you know pick your ass but the guy whose hand you shook right before me may have picked his ass it's like i don't want that all over me yeah (laughs) yeah exactly and um yeah q and sal are quite germophobics aren't they uh yeah sal's real bad yeah sal cracks me up (laughs) whenever i use this was it the what say you uh I used to have me in stitches just to him and his over hygiene. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's awesome. Um, would it be okay if we moved on to some of the questions that we have? Because sure. I'm sort of noticing the, the time and everything. James, did you want to go first? I came to this later on, but um, for much later on, I saw it and I absolutely loved it. And that was uh, you, your work, you know, you did Making Vulgar. I was both, uh, I think, horrified, but, you know, really impressed by it. Um, so that was a great bit of work. Thank you. And you also are looking to make, you know, to make a sequel with Vulgar 2. And I'm wondering, what can you tell us about that, please? Um, uh, Vulgar 2, for a long time, I was like, I'm going to write it. I'm going to write it. But I didn't really have anything to say. Obviously, like, you know, I, I, I would go back today and I would look at that script and I'd be like, this is not something I would write today. Cause I just don't have those same experiences and feelings and like, you know, I'm 20 years older than I was then. So, but I'm like, what do I have to say? And then not too long ago, I finally figured it out. I'm like, oh shit, this is what it's about. And I told O'Halloran, who was like, oh Jesus Christ. But you know, he's in, of course. (laughs) 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 It'll be fun. And it's going to be way different from the first one. It's going to be more, uh, not as somber, a tone, I guess you would say, because it was a very depressing sort of uh, depressing sort of tale. Somebody's yeah. breathing real heavy in that mic. Yes, Andy. <laughs> <laughs> I, think, no, I think Andy's just getting excited about Volga 2. <laughs> <laughs> I've moved my mic away from my nose again, sorry. <laughs> okay, well, stop putting it back by your nose. <laughs> Have you started writing a script? Uh, yes. I have a fuck ton of notes for it. And then I started writing it. Like it, it, it's the kind of thing where it's like in the moment, if I think of something like a scene, I was, I'll just, I'll go and I'll just like sort of outline that scene. If there's dialogue in my mind, I'll put it in there, but like just to get it there. So that later on, should I need it? Plug it in. I'll make, I'll tell you this much. Uh, the Baron makes a, a pretty big appearance. Oh, great. <laughs> there's going to be a lot of like, tell him Steve Dave stuff woven in there. Like, uh, like nods to people. Like, you know, if you see it, you'll be able to enjoy it on one level if you've never heard of Tom Steve Dave. But if you have, there's going to, there's so many little things that I'm putting in that people will like, you know, little nods. Yeah. That sounds great. Awesome. Yeah. It's going to be interesting to see, you know, I was wondering how you were going to. Re- 
look at doing the film, whether it would go ahead, because obviously, you know, what can you release into cinemas? Ah, things going to have to go to video on demand. Well, that's the thing, isn't it? Like, let's say that today they're like, you know what? Everything's open. It's like, I got to say, I'd be a little gun shy. I, I'm not going to go to a movie mm. right away. I'm not going to just run out without the mask and start like fraternizing with people. Agreed. Yeah. You know, it's going to take a little time to see how other people, like the canaries, you got to send the canaries out there. You want to fucking socialize so bad? Go on, canary. Fly out there. Yeah. See how it is. Tell the re- Come back and tell the rest of us or die out there and then we'll know. People, I think, have just got to write off 2020 to say, look. 2020 is not going to happen. Let's let's focus on 2021. Yeah, it's crazy. Some of the like uh, California just said that I think they're locking down till August. Broadway uh, at the earliest said they are going to open on um, Labor Day uh, in September. It's like that's fucking crazy. That many months out. I was supposed to get married in August. So who knows, right? I mean, who knows? Yeah. Yeah. Well, Andy, did you want to ask that question then? <laughs> I was going to say, yeah how, yeah, how are the wedding plans coming along? But it looks like you've answered that one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I have to. I made the call uh, like about a month ago, and she's like, no, no, it's you know, it's looking like it's going to be open, and that's a month ago. And Jersey is still yeah. locked down for a, like a solid month at least. And, you know, on top of it, like I said, are you going to just start jumping into planes? And like, you see the way they are now where half the people don't have a mask on. It's like Pam and Edgar, you know, for all the trouble they gave me when I was a kid. I don't want them dying because, of, you know, they got to fly to uh, to a destination wedding, you know? Yeah. And then the other people, you know, it's not like they're the only older people. So it's unfair to ask them like, hey, get on a plane, risk your life for this bullshit. And I think that's a, a point that people have to stop being selfish. Yep. Yeah. But we do live in a me, me, me world. So it's, it's a difficult one. There is no more me, me, me than looking on like Instagram or one of these websites and like some girl has fashioned a bikini out of masks and just <laughs> yeah. and taking sexy pictures. <laughs> I've seen it a few times. I'm yeah. I'm like, you gotta be fucking kidding me, man. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen one with a g-string before. <laughs> yeah. So just put on their head upside down. Oh, it's disgusting with the g-string. <laughs> it's nuts. clean, of course. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was clean, James. It wasn't. Uh, it wasn't filthy. No, no, it's just the entire <laughs> idea. I mean, doing it. What, what is wrong with the world? What is really, really wrong with the world? (laughs) So vulgar too, yeah. All I've had is time, so I've been working on a few different things. That's one of them, and I will say it's gonna—it's not gonna be like the last one. Like you won't—you'll be surprised at what it is. Okay. Well, remember last time we chatted, you were gonna write in a part for me, so don't forget. You're the main evil lady. You've got you're working all the strings like uh, vulgar's a marionette, you know. Oh, lovely, <laughs> Doctor <laughs> Evil like type. Perfect role. <laughs> oh, brilliant. So she's playing a part true to life. There's no change there, then. Right, the, the, the part she was born to play. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you got to throw in some references to where she lives. So. <laughs> You've heard, you, you've heard of the Black Plague. Well, that, that was spawned in the UK from where Jem lives. Yeah, it was. Oh, yeah? <laughs> yeah, it was. Yeah, so basically Weymouth was the first town that in the UK actually had Black Death. And um, yeah, so I feel like I'm kind of rock and roll now where I live <laughs> when I found that out. Yeah, you, you still have that annual ceremony where you go and lick the statue, don't you? <laughs> <laughs> no, but um, yeah, it's uh, it also we've got uh, a big chalked naked man on a field as well. <laughs> a statue? No, no, no. It's um it's like chalked into the ground. Basically it's a fertility thing. So um in the oh, I don't even know when it started, women used to walk up the hill and basically go and sit on the man, um, on a specific area of the man. His penis and um yeah, and then they would become pregnant. So <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. I don't know if it's true or if it was just yeah. one of those myths, but yeah. It's paganism, isn't it? You don't know if it's true that they did it or you don't know if it's true that it works. Yeah, I don't know <laughs> either of those, to be honest. But yeah, it's called the CERN giant, which is C-E-R-N-E giant. So, you know, if, if at any point you want to Google it, you know, <laughs> you'll see that you'll see that this giant man is on our uh, on our field. 
<laughs> Isn't that so sad, though? Like a, a woman who wants to get pregnant, she wants to have children so desperately that she's like, I'm going to go sit on that chalked out sand giant guy in the hopes. I mean, I guess it's the same as praying, right? And hoping that your prayers will be answered. But maybe. Yeah. Maybe. And while she was praying, someone came out with a turkey baster. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> this is how you're going to do it. Science is going to help you out, honey. Not sitting on the statues yeah. and shit. <laughs> <laughs> and did you want to answer the next question what's the future for the stash looking like at the moment with with covid19 i saw mike uh, did the, the the stash box promo yeah i don't really have much information about the stash i normally don't go there unless uh unless we're recording the podcast i know from talking to walt that they're going like that's what they're that's all they can do right now is the stash box thing and then when they uh, reopen they'll reassess and see you know what commerce is looking like because if everybody you know everybody's on furlough or lost their jobs flat out like i don't think they're gonna jump right back in and start making all these uh, expenditures yeah for shit that like let's let's face it even in the most robust economy nobody needs this stuff no but then i suppose people are collectors aren't they so that kind of mentality is still there yeah they can have the mentality but if they don't have the money to back it up yeah uh, i can tell you one thing about wall flanagan <laughs> Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) because the one thing I'm waiting for is obviously we're now out of the European Union. So uh, Uncle Trump wants to do a deal with us. So hopefully if they can remove the the tariffs, I know I will certainly be shopping more online uh, in the States. And, you know, the stash will be on the list of my places to shop. But I just begrudge giving the UK government extra money for shit i'm buying it is insane i saw an invoice for one of the stash boxes to the uk i'm like it triples if not quadruples the price i'm like this is insane but then you also sometimes not always but when it comes over here then we have custom charges as well which can be like 14 pound on top of it as well right. so it's just like ah <laughs> well i remember when i ordered the, the tsd hockey shirt and the army and um, t-shirt i think that came to let's say for i can say it was about 150 uh euros i then paid 75 euros to the german government to clear it through customs jesus christ like, fuck not, not i'm not doing that again <laughs> but but we're not blaming you brian so don't worry no, no that's our government yeah. you know yeah we don't get any of that money <laughs> no <Yeah>. no <laughs> But I'm not saying that like the, the company that we like, we use a fulfillment house, so it's not something we can do. And I'm not even saying that I did it when I used to run Kevin's merchandising, but if I was able, every single package was marked as a gift. Like if there were uh, high price, high ticket items, like it was either printed matter or a gift. That's how I addressed nearly everything. If yeah. I yeah. would have done it, and I'm not saying I did. I think, yeah. yeah, that is the easiest way to get it across here is with the words gift my next question is if comic book men was turned into a film and it wasn't directed by kevin smith because obviously he would put you in the film (laughs) who would you cast to play yourself walt ming and mike uh ming what's his name that ken jong guy oh from hangover yeah is that what ming looks like without makeup yeah maybe maybe lucy lou i'm not sure i'd have to hear them both read (laughs) uh mike i would cast uh, a dish of vanilla ice cream for his role (laughs) uh walt flanagan let me think uh merchant of venice type guy uh who's a who's a hard-nosed businessman maybe like you remember steve balmer from uh from microsoft i think he had a heart attack because he he was like he was constantly flipping out like uh he was the uh, anti-steve jobs steve balmer like to whip people up i mean he would you're like the guy's gonna have a heart attack for sure but (laughs) not enough he may be dead and not enough people know him so uh with uh walt i'm just gonna go with leaf garrett then you know (laughs) Leaf Garrett, the uh, 70s pop icon. Sounds good. <laughs> yeah. And uh, what about yourself? Uh, me, I'm, I'm going to cast Brad Pitt and give him a fake beard. <laughs> yeah, just give him a fake beard and, and then we'll go on with the show. I suppose I should have included Kevin in that as well. Did you want to give him one as well? Or? Uh, well, he's this person's also directing. 
Uh, Let's say yes. I was just meaning because he was in the comic book men, so you right. know. <laughs> uh, Kev, oh boy! At one time it would have been easy, but now that he's all thin and shit, I know. I'll give I'll give him Clooney. Yeah, because Clooney and Brad Pitt are friends, so yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> I was going to say Robert Downey Jr. as well because he's kind of got a look of him at the, at the moment. Now that he's lost weight. Oh, Robert Downey Jr.? Yeah. Um, Kevin. Yeah. Like back in the 80s when he used to wear those weird, like, it, it looked like a prince, like, outfit kind of a little bit. Like he would wear the weirdest shit in the 80s. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I think there's a very good people. Yeah. I can definitely see Brad Pitt playing you. Mm -hmm. and, and to direct, uh, let's get Michael Bay. This has to be a big action thriller. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, you don't want JJ in his sunburst across the screen. No, no lens flares in this movie. None. <laughs> <laughs> There's never enough light in, uh, in Red Bank. Is there for that? No, I don't think. No, I don't think it could. Even on the brightest days. <laughs> on one of the Tom Steve days, you mentioned going away to yes. a hotel with Mary Beth, and your home proms are like black water coming up in the shower area. Do you ever have any intention to going back to the hotel? Uh, I mean. <laughs> I would sleep in the streets first. <laughs> I would sleep in the... Did you see the pictures? I didn't, so... It was crazy, man. It was like the ring... Jem, I'll send them to you. It was, okay. it was like the ring where just like this black... It wasn't sewage, though. It, it, was, it looked like just ground up like gray water and hair and whatever the fuck else like almost like it came up from like their kitchen sink or something it was it's disgusting and as like i can't stand when you get in a shower in a hotel or any shower really and it starts pooling up and it goes like up around your ankles and you know you're standing in that scummy water and ugh, it's, it's disgusting man so <laughs> yeah. that shit like i was like why is it doing this and then i'm annoyed and i get out but then after i get out that's when all that black and gray water shit came up so that was good Ooh, plus you gross. know I, I might not have been in my the, my exact right mind in terms of uh not smoking weed so it's like whoa what is going on here man <laughs> like is this real because <laughs> none of it seemed real like after i went to go down to the counter to get the you know as i said on the podcast i go down to the main uh desk to talk to the guy who seems like i'm talking to like a cigar store Indian. He's just standing there and like, almost like he doesn't understand what I'm saying. And then I got lost in the hotel cause it's con con connected to a different hotel. And I had to ask some stranger. I was like, where am I? Like, well, where am I? Yeah. I think those are my exact words to her. I was like, do you know where I am? <laughs> like basically like, is this real? Like, do I know you? Why am I over here now? Like, why is this room? Why is this key not working in this room? Like the room number. And why does the door, look way different than when I remembered it. <laughs> the only thing missing was the two twins. Yeah. yeah. yeah right? And the black dog in the elevator, yeah. <laughs> you ever see those elevator pranks that they play in like Brazil where like the elevator breaks down and the lights go out and then they have like a panel that slides over and so this little girl comes out with like a doll looking all creepy and then they slide the panel back and then the lights come back on. So suddenly a person who was just alone in an elevator now is with a little child who looks like fucking Annabelle or something. You know, like. <laughs> I haven't seen that, but I am going to be Googling that as soon as we're finished. <laughs> Look it up. It's nuts. I, I don't mean, I would like to think that in the moment I'd be like, this is some kind of practical joke, but I don't know if I would. I, I might be like, oh my God, please don't hurt me. <laughs> yeah. I'll be up on child abuse charges because I'll be smacking the shit out of it. <laughs> know, you might, Get the fuck away. Yeah, if it's a ghost, which I assume it is, there's no way I can be prosecuted for attacking it. Yeah. You know? <laughs> it reminds me of those um, videos that were doing the round where um, these pranksters got a small dog and dressed it up in a spider's outfit. And then, of course, you would just see this this giant black spider come running towards you with his tongue hanging out. <laughs> oh, that sounds amazing. <laughs> I like pranks like that as played on other people. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's fun to be the viewee, but not the um, person in the in the moment. No. <laughs> no, I would hate to think of the giant pussy I would look like 
if suddenly in an elevator there's a little girl and she just like the other you know what i'll let you watch it because there's something that happens after the person sees her that she does and you're like jesus christ it just made it scarier (laughs) (laughs) okay i'll watch it (laughs) i actually really can't wait (laughs) i record my sleep because i'm analyzing my sleep patterns and um i've noticed over the last few years i every few months or so i'll have a really vivid dream that makes me cry out at night and I've listened back to these recordings. I'm like, I never, ever want to be scared in public. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Is it like, ah! no, it's like help, help. <laughs> I don't feel bad, dude. I've been told the same. I don't, you know, I know most people do analyze their sleep patterns and write it down. I do not. Um, <laughs> but uh, Mary Beth has told me several times that like, I will, I'll do the same. Like I'll wake up and it's never like, come here, I'll fucking kill you. It's always like, ah, and you're up on the chair with your skirt above your neck. <laughs> <laughs> with a little broomstick. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. It's not. Man. I know in situations like die hard, I'm one of the first to die. Right. I've realized that you're going to die easy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh dear. So somewhat related to uh, to TSD, I've never gotten to the bottom of this and I've been too scared to ask on Twitter. Um, Gittin is referred to as 148. How did that all start? Uh, most, I don't recall, but it most likely by him boasting about his IQ. You know, for some reason, uh, I'm sure somebody asked or Walt asked and he, he it was like, this is the moment he'd been waiting for so that he could <laughs> tell people. Uh, so actually we're going to have a, for Patreon, get him and I are going to do a, a podcast together. Oh, cool. Excellent. I will see if people can tolerate him for that long. You know, I don't, I don't <laughs> think it'll be a full hour. <laughs> yeah. Get him always seems obsessed in sort of telling people always that he's smarter than you. Uh, yeah. I mean, I wouldn't say obsessed, but if for a moment it was suggested that maybe that wasn't the case, (laughs) he'd be plenty upset. (laughs) He does seem to know a lot of shit, though. Like, I mean, some of it is obviously wrong. Uh, He'll spout some wrong shit. But a lot of times it's like he is a knowledgeable guy about many different topics. Most you don't want to hear about. <laughs> I spent an, I spent a night, uh, a couple of evenings with him last year for the uh, Super Duper Bowl. And he's a really great guy in, in person. He's not the same as uh, on the podcast, you know, but we were talking about he's cheap. <laughs> so, uh, but I can, at least I know that uh, Walt will never be without um, chicken tenders if uh, Gittin's around. Because I saw him sneak quite a few from the beer garden, empty plates onto into his pockets. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> and if not that, I'm sure like he knows how to kill chickens and pluck them and dress them and all that other shit. That yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was just thinking about that the other day, Andy. I remembered you telling us about him stealing the uh, the chicken. For a minute there, Andy, I thought you were going to say that uh, we had a bit of breaking news that you'd actually uh, spent the night with him. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a story that I'm never going to go into. That's between me and Gittum. <laughs> <laughs> I still haven't been able to walk straight afterwards. <laughs> yeah, can you imagine that? Like you guys, like you say you're driving, you know, and you're used to being on the wrong side of the road and shit, and you plow over somebody, and Gittum's in the car with you, and Gittum's like, hey, man, let's just keep going. Don't worry about it. I'll never say anything. Yeah. Now you and Gittum share that secret. You think you can trust him? No. <laughs> No. Uh, If he hadn't been on the source, yes. But if he's been on the source, I can imagine uh, I'll be getting the police on the door straight away. Okay, so you're saying you would drive away. You would do a hit and run. (laughs) Oh, (laughs) pretty much, yeah. (laughs) For the record, I didn't answer, so. (laughs) And also, I just wanted to correct you that it's not the wrong side of the road. Your side is the wrong side of the road, all right? Yeah, how did that come about, man? The French. I don't know. It is. It's the it, it, because we were at war with France for so long that whatever we did, the French didn't want to do. So mm. it was all based on jousting. Um, was why we drive on the correct side of the road and everyone else didn't. Um, but in <laughs> France, they decided to, to do the opposite of what we're doing. And then, of course, everyone loved the French, you know, especially the Americans, with them giving them statues and helping kick out the British. So that's why everyone. Uh, 
not a part of the British Connolly uh, drives on the wrong side of the road. <laughs> yeah, I thought it, I thought maybe it had something to do with like Americans just like their endless rebellious nature. Like, no, we don't want to do that either. You know, we're going to do yeah. it. Different. We're going to be better. <laughs> yeah. We'll have our own date format. Uh, you know, we'll go against the metric system. Yeah. Let me tell you something. They tried introducing the metric system when I was in third grade. That is the last thing any kid wants to see. It's like, wait a second. I learned all this other shit, and now these who who are the British again? Why, why are we listening to them? That's it. Well, we're mixed over here. We use um, Celsius, but we use miles, so we don't even use kilometers. Yeah, and and we use feet as well, don't we? Yeah, feet and inches, stone and pounds. We basically can use it all. <laughs> yeah. We're so much better. <laughs> a third grade, it's like, forget it. It's too late. I'm not going to I'm not gonna deal with that shit. That's it. Is it Arizona that have kilometers instead of miles on their signs? I know there's at least one state or one county within a state that have, have stuck to kilometers. Andy, you've gone a bit crackly, by the way. Have I? Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. Is that better? Yeah. I wasn't sure if you could understand that question either to Brian. So yeah. <laughs> do you want to say again? No, I got, I got the question. The question was, uh, there's a state in uh, America that uses kilometers as opposed to, or in addition to miles. Yeah. yeah. I'm the, I, I looked it up as you were crackling away, but I don't see anything in here. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I don't see anything in here that says anything. Oh, Andy's saying all his bullshit again. Oh, damn, I'm being gitum. I'm the gitum. Yeah, I was say you're the gitum of that. <laughs> yeah, this podcast would be called Talking Bullshit. Well, I suppose it is, really. <laughs> it all is, yeah. yeah. James, did you want to ask the next question? It is. Interstate 19 connects Tucson, Arizona to Mexico uh, and is the remains the only highway in America with distance posted solely in kilometres. Well, there you go. Andy could not let that go that he was wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I've got to maintain my PBR podcast fact-checking status. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, James. Yeah, Brian, in the sort of crazy post-COVID world with all the strange things that are going on, what do you think the chances are that there's going to be a Space Monkeys World Tour at you know, some point in the future? You know, it's it's funny you should ask that. I Not too long ago, uh, you know, they cancelled the uh, Joker's tour and all that other shit. And it's mm. hard to know when people are going to be okay with getting back together in an arena or a stadium, you know, so like mm. where those guys play. Even those big... Uh, in casinos, those big rooms. So I said to Q, I was like, hey, if you guys aren't back shooting right away and you don't have to tour, I was like, let's just grab a couple of dates in some small places that people may feel okay, you know, just to do something, you know, get out there and do something. And he's, he was agreeable. He was like, yeah, I'll def I definitely will. And it's like when we do the cruises with Space Monkeys, in case anyone who doesn't know what it is, Space Monkeys is just a podcast that Q and I do together as opposed to uh, including Walt, because a lot of times we'll talk about stuff that Walt doesn't want to talk about, hot button issues yeah. it used to be. Now Q doesn't like talking about hot button issues either, because you know, <laughs> too much to lose. Uh, and, but on the, the cruises, you know, we do a midnight show and then we have people who are, you know, performers, you know, like say Jiggy or, uh, Joe DeRosa or, um, Jim, uh, what's his name? I can't remember his fucking last name now, whatever. You get the idea. Uh, yeah. so we have guys up there. So we were like, if we went to cities where like some of these guys lived, we could have them come on too, because they're, uh, they're so good, many of these guys, you know, like very talented people. So it's like us. So it's not just us. And then we have that third, you know, third guy who doesn't know us as well. I, I like to, when, when we do live shows, I like to not have any idea what might or could happen. The exact opposite of what Walt likes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it is interesting to think that they're going to have to change the way things are being done when it comes to, say, running uh, events and conventions and things because even when people are saying that they're going to be doing things later in the year, you know, they're going to run events in December or whenever, I, I've got to ask the question, how willing people are actually going to be to attend things? Are they going to feel safe? They're going to want to sit in rooms with people. Yeah, and at the same time, it's not realistic to like the casino thing. I heard that something was like they were going to make little plexiglass cubicles for people to sit. It's like if you stop like, I don't like mixing with people either, but to go out in public and be separate just seems very weird. It's like, you let's, we're either going to do it or we're not. Look, Spanish flu, way fucking worse than this. And people bounce back and they weren't wearing fucking masks everywhere. 
you know? And I know that like plane travel was different and that kind of shit. If I'm sorry, man, but if like we could just sort of lock down on these weird wet markets and I don't give a shit where they are, but like you can only eat certain animals, say, you know, like let's say if an animal has a, has, has some sort of virus, don't eat it. You know, yeah. don't catch these weird exotic things and eat them all. And that's, so I assume why Chinese people do it is because there's so many Chinese people. They're like, Hey, we got to eat everything in sight because there's a lot of us. So I get that too, but it's just, I mean, it's gross. It's just so gross. <laughs> you know, one of the things I used to do a lot of travel and one of the things they used to say about China is, you know, don't eat the street food because your gut doesn't have the the bacteria to cope with, with the food, whereas the locals, they've grown up with it. Right. Yeah, when you talk about eating these sort of things, I remember seeing a video on uh, YouTube where they talk about people eating um sort of raw animals or very uncooked animals and one of them was top at eating a bat and they were seeing the sheer number yeah. of um, parasites and other things on a bat that will make a person ill it's unbelievable it's scarily bad yeah i think that all chinese people are ozzy osbourne fans and that's why they started eating bats but they only just found out about it <laughs> Yeah, that's what I thought too. Like, wouldn't Ozzy have yeah. been patient zero if eating bats really was yeah. <laughs> the source? It would be funny, wouldn't it? <laughs> I'd say when, when it comes to live gigs, uh, not just music, but you know, comedians and stuff like that, I would welcome a return back to the smaller venue because I haven't seen like I saw the IJ guys uh, in, in Birmingham, and it was great, but. I was all the way at the back of the room, so it was just four very small people on a stage, and I spent the whole evening looking at a monitor. So I could have done that from home. Yeah, I, I find that too. <laughs> if I'm too far away at a concert or something, I'm like, I'm just basically watching giant TV tonight. Yeah, 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 definitely. <laughs> so yeah, I'd love a return to the 200 max venues, and you know, a, an artist will spend a week in one town to cover the fans and then move on. Yeah, those kind of rooms are are fun because they're intimate but not too intimate you know yeah one of my best gigs i went to was um fear factory and uh, i think also machine head it was maxed 300 people in that room oh, wow. and that was an electric especially seeing dino in the flesh bloody hell <laughs> <laughs> big lad <laughs> the key is like to go to like i went to see uh, this guitarist tony mcalpine and there's i mean a hundred people in the room and I think that's the key is you go see people who are unpopular, you know, but you like. Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. then nobody yeah. else wants to see them. Yeah. You know, I, you know, I think perhaps some of the best gigs I've been to, when you were paying low level costs, you were sat right at the back and you couldn't see anything. Uh, and the most recent stuff I've been to, I've spent an absolute fortune on getting really good close tickets. Yet some of the really good stuff I've been to has actually been in smaller venues. So I'd actually sort of welcome the idea of things being run from smaller venues uh, in the future, if that's at all possible. Yeah. It's, it's whether or not artists want to spend that amount of time away from their family. Because, you know, doing a week in one city to cover the fan base is just going to mean a tour is going to be three years long. <laughs> Some of the best gigs that I've ever been to are the ones to see, like, metal bands that are still kind of underground. And, you know, like the really cheap as well, sort of like £15, which is like $25 or whatever. And, um, you know, it's hardly any people there. You know, it's it's amazing, but there's enough people there to create that atmosphere that you're after as well. So I've always enjoyed them more than the big arena, really. Yeah. Uh, um. So, Brian, how are you doing for time? Because we've got three more questions, but we can wrap it up if... If yeah, you need to. Probably one more. Yeah, probably one more I could do. Okay, one more. Who wants to ask the last one? Andy, it's your turn, so you can ask Go the on last one. You can choose from the last three. Yeah, so who would you like to meet or interview that you haven't had a chance to yet? Oh, boy, that's a rough one. Um, Andy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you told me to get my blazer out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't really interview people uh for the podcast but if i were to sit down with somebody i would want it to be somebody old like they've got the most to say they want to tell you like you remember um like i, I re was rewatching uh big love not too long ago it's a show about mormons uh bill paxton was in it okay and uh so grace abriski who played um laura palmer's um, mother in twin peaks and uh she's in this show too 
I w- I'm watching her and I'm like, it's unbelievable how good of an actress she is. Because, you know, you see actors and actresses of different calibers and different movies and you don't really like, you're just kind of these days half watching the movie or half watching the show. You're checking your phone, whatever the fuck. But like I was sitting there and like really watching her and watching every single little tick and mannerism and just like the way things like in the moment would cross like through her eyes, like just, I don't know, it sounds stupid, but like took a moment to like really appreciate her as an actress. And I'm like, holy shit, she might be the best living actress right now. Mm. Like she's just so good, you know? So like someone like that, like against the like, you know, it, it would be like, I think more interesting than say Rob Zombie or, you know, guys who I might like a lot, but They've been interviewed to death, and what am I going to ask them? They haven't been asked. Yeah, exactly. It's tricky, isn't it? Because it's like you do try to think up questions that are not um, not been asked before, but then it's either really dodgy or they're kind of boring. <laughs> yeah, and as far as like meeting, that's the other thing is like I I always feel like there's nothing I'm going to say to this person in terms of complimenting their work that they have not heard before. I said one time, like people. You know, if I go to a con or something, people are very nice and they'll come up and they'll be like, oh, you're awesome. You're awesome. Which I don't agree with. Like, I don't think I'm awesome. And I, so it's hard for me to take that as a compliment. But at the table one time with, uh, I was sitting there with Walt and Q and we're doing the podcast and I said something and Q looked at me and he was like, how after destroying your brain with drugs, are you still so fucking fast? And to me, I <laughs> yeah. was like, like, it, like I got choked up almost. I was like, to me, that's a compliment where he's just like, my yeah. friend is like, you're a total fuck up. But hey, respect, man. Cause <laughs> <laughs> you are very quick witted. Definitely quick witted. Uh, right. Quick witted. <laughs> so basically what he's saying to you is uh, you're a complete fuck up, but we still love you, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 And those are the people you want in your life, you know? <laughs> My favorite insult is when somebody's rather thick and you just go up to them, you go, it's okay. You're still pretty. <laughs> <laughs> so condescending. <laughs> I know. <laughs> it's one of my favorites, though. <laughs> okay, we'll we'll wrap this up now. But thank you ever so much for coming on the show again, Brian. Yeah, thanks for having me. You're welcome. Any any time. But I know you're a busy man. So, but before you go, would it be possible to get a quick soundbite of you just introing the show, if possible? I'm not going to put words in your mouth, but um, if you could just say your name and Talking Codswallop podcast somewhere in it, that would be perfect. Thank you. I'll do two different versions. Okay. Hey, it's Brian Johnson from the Tell em Steve Dave podcast. And uh, evidently under quarantine, you've listened to every other podcast on earth. So you are now listening to Talking Codswallop. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> so that's the negative one. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, it's Brian Johnson from Tell Em Steve Dave, and you are fortunate enough to be listening to Talking Cod Swallow. Thank you very much again. Awesome. Okay, well, I think on that note, I think we've been talking enough Cod Swallow this week. I have been Gemma. I've been James. I've been Andy. I'm still Brian. You certainly are. I was going to see if you would take yourself out or not. 